would you just look at that view? This is one heck of a location for a, a, a frame by frame episode, wouldn't you say? Excuse me, sir. What are you up to over there? It's a damn fine cup of coffee. And hot. Hot? Hot. Hot coffee. Yeah. Have you seen those trees out there? What kind what? of trees are they? Oh, Douglas firs. Douglas firs? Wow. Big, tall, majestic. Look at those Douglas firs. Wow. You talking to me? Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? Well, who the hell else are you talking to? Talking to me? No funny how. I mean, funny. I'm Peter Binkley. We all go a little mad sometimes. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Hello, Andy. Hello, Stephen. How are you? I'm I'm good. Actually, uh, some, I'm not great because wow. I um, had the misfortune since our last talk of watching the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Did you? Yes. The new one? Yes, the new one, the Michael Bay produced one. Why did you do that? Um, Why? What possessed you? Stepson was around. He wanted to watch it. I thought, uh -huh. um, yeah, he wasn't into watching Interstellar. He wanted to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so we watched that. Fair enough. Yeah. And Ooh. and how was it? It's right. It's not as bad as everyone makes, makes out, it something. out because some of the dialogue between the turtles is quite snappy and it's quite funny. But because it's not as bad as everyone makes it out to be, it's sort of worse because of that. If you get you, what I mean, you like it to be bad, so that it's I wanted it to be worse than it was. It's not yeah. great; it is terrible. Yeah, but it's not as bad as everyone would lead you to believe. Can you speak to Diane. Oh yeah. Hello, Diane. I have just arrived at a very luxurious hotel in the middle of the southwest. I do not appreciate their towels, they're a little bit pink, um, but their coffee is damn fine. Okay. And what about that cherry pie? Oh my gosh, enough of the cherry pie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. This is really, really bad. Okay. So, really, um, where's, where's all this coming from? What's, what's, well, what's this week we decided we were going to talk about Twin Peaks Firewalk with me. Twin yeah. Peaks the series? No, Twin Peaks Firewalk with me, the film. There's a film? There is a film. Did you watch it? Yeah, I thought that was what I watched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which um, tells the week. Obviously, Twin Peaks starts based on they find Laura Palmer's body. The FBI drafted in. That's kind of what the film, the series is about. The oh, film. Come on, spoilers. Oh, come on, everyone's seen it. It was back in 1990, so yeah. yeah, I think we were all right. So, obviously, the film deals with the week leading up to the death of Laura Palmer. Right, just that one week before. Mm. So there's lots of mileage left, two-hour film. Yes. Mm. Lots of things going on. Yes. Yeah. I, I, almost, I almost feel um, that next one we do should be a film I really don't like, because this is one of my favourite films, I think. This is one of your favourite? Yeah. 
Well, we could do that. I'm, I'm pretty sure that we can we can watch the room and Birdemic next time. Yeah, I think we should yeah, do that. But, uh, <laughs> so yeah, Firewalk with me. It's not a well-known film. Not a lot of people. I, I haven't heard people talk about this in this country, at least. Maybe it's bigger. No, than I, yeah, I think um, you get a lot of film websites who do every now and again a sort of. It's a film to do a nice retrospective look at. Yeah, I think because of how universally panned it was when it first came out. Nobody liked it. I'm probably. I think. Most, actually, yeah. I don't think. I think some critics did get it, but not many. Yeah, because it was David Lynch. Sometimes people had a certain sense of enigma about it because it was, you know, usually his films are saying something that's that's not necessarily on the surface, and they want to make mm. sure that they don't miss it. You know, so yeah, and obviously this technically it's brilliant. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the series was it's funny, yes. you know, and it's quirky and um, not obvious. No, 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 not obvious funny, and it's still got the Lynchian elements in it. Yes. You know those Lynchian elements. What are those Lynchian elements? What what does Lynch do that no other director does? I think um, the bizarre. Would you say? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, you know you've got the um, the man from another place. I think he's he's called in the uh, red room on the couch. Yeah, yeah. Who talks backwards yet forwards? Who actually did that? Didn't he? He learned everything. Backwards. He learned everything backwards. That's impressive. Yeah, he probably he's got because people have that gift. To be yeah, able to just yeah. do it, and he just his brain works in that way where he can just say anything backwards. But in contrast to the series, the film is very dark. Yeah, and I think I was realizing that last night because I was trying to watch it with with my wife, and she's not a big fan of dark things. So I kept telling her to turn the, the the monitor around a little bit and say, "Ah, you don't want to see this." <laughs> and then, yeah. <laughs> so obviously, the, the first shot in the film is that bat hitting the TV. Yes, that's quite symbolic, isn't it? Yeah, that's been that's been touched upon um, as as being a reference to smashing the TV. This is not the TV show. Yeah, this is whatever you think this is going to be. This is not what this film is going to be. Yeah, it's not as straightforward. I mean, and David Lynch is never a straightforward thing. I think he's the kind of guy who will take a scene that's that's just a normal uh, exchange between two people, and. It will just work on it and work on it and work on it until there's something that isn't hasn't been done before. Yeah, we'll take like his first feature, Eraserhead. On the surface, it's just about a failed marriage and a guy trying to deal with his kid. Yeah, pretty well, much. That's what it's about, but it's just dealt with in such dense visuals and yeah, and an inability to relate to in-laws. Yeah, absolutely. There's that element too, and so. Yeah, very deep, very thick, but he's very. He's an sticks, artist. He sticks to it. Yeah, and uh, it's not as you never go into a, a David Lynch film feeling as though that halfway through or towards the end everything just becomes flat. He's consistent. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, and and I, I probably find that he's probably the most consistent, but yet less derivative. Uh, other directors kind of have their tropes. They have their certain things that they do. Constantly, I mean, yeah, he has his references to suburbia in a lot of his films, um, mm. how things are all pretty and nice. Yeah, but the underbelly of that is, yeah. I think, it's very different. Again, the great, I'm going to start referencing all these films now. But which ones are they? You got the shot in Blue Velvet, haven't you? Where you see um, the white yes. picket fence and the, that guy in the fire engine go past with a smile, waving at the kids. Which was it, actually an influence of the TV series Picket Fences. Yeah, yeah, big influence. And then the camera goes down, it goes into the soil, and you just see all the worms, yeah. and, all, and it's all dirty, and it's, you know, 
Exactly, exactly. And the dirtiness yeah. of the underbelly of suburbia. So you could safely say that Twin Peaks <coughs> is, and David Lynch himself have heavily influenced the film industry, especially. Um, so why was Firewalk with me so? Because it was. I, well, I think part of it is it. It's not like the TV show at all. You know, which why would it be? The the seven days leading up to Laura Palmer's death would not have been a happy time anyway. Oh yeah. So it's not going to be a comedy, is it? You know, even though it has got its comedic elements in the film. Oh yeah, but they're they're more kind of. Yeah, they're yeah. still abstract. Still abstract and yeah. still, yeah, kind of a less kind of way. I mean, he has that woman in red. Yeah. And the airplane and. Uh, is he, that David Duchovny? It looks like David Duchovny. Do you know what? I never actually connected the dots, but because um, in series two, David Duchovny does play a transvestite. Yeah, he does. Because um, she'll be the woman in red. Yeah. I just, I just love the names that he has for his characters, like Lil the dancer. I think that's the one. Uh, Kimberly Ann Cole. There yeah, you go. It's not David Duchovny then. But uh, jacket. Added that out. <laughs> jacket. Yeah. Giggling secretary. Old guy at Haps. Curious woman. Jumping man. Fat trout neighbor. Jumping Man, the electrician, Mr. Treadman's grandson, Second Woodman, Heidi. And it's just, just yeah, Heidi's probably not as unusual. But well, you've obviously you've said to me earlier that you think people were fed up with Twin Peaks as well. Um, I thought that well, that was alluded to during the uh, the commode um, uncut piece yeah. that he kind of said that maybe that they were a little bit. Um, but it was, because the thing is about the series is that you either like it or you don't I think mm. people will either gravitate towards it or they won't well I know in series 2 the um, the studio uh, made them say who killed Laura Palmer pretty early on pretty early on earlier than Lynch and Mark Frost wanted, wanted to, to. Yeah, yeah. so do you think that kind of spoiled spoiled it they wanted to drag it out a lot longer that could be it <clears throat> and that's probably why I guess it, when when you get studio interference it does get in the way of the vision. And again, that doesn't work with Lynch. Why did? Why does Lynch, a, a, a guy who who at at that time had done so much, why did he have the interference from studio? Is it simply because he was on a television network instead of a film? The film is different. Yeah, after I do, Dune, I don't think he would actually care for anybody interfering with his stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But I suppose once the first series was so popular. Yeah. And you know it made Cal McLaughlin a household name, you know that kind of thing. The studio then want to get involved with it because it's been so popular. If it had just been, if it had just made its money back, and it was like a cult hit and people were into it. But it, it could have gone on longer if they'd have just left it alone. Well, they still was going to make money for them. Yeah. Who knows what goes on exactly in the minds uh, of these fat cigar smoking idiots? <laughs> yeah, uh, fat cigar smoking idiot. I think he was also in this movie. Oh no, Gregory Smokey. No, this is the guy in the Roadhouse. <laughs> well, one thing we can say for certain that Firewalk with me is absolutely David Lynch's vision. No, he took control there. Yeah, absolutely. He took control, he took it dark. The other thing about that is, is that because it's a film, he can take it darker. Yeah. He can go places that the TV series couldn't because of censorship and because of certain things. Mm. Um, so. I, I, I just want to talk a little bit about Cheryl Lee's performance in the film. Yes, I think it's one of the all-time great female performances ever. That's saying something. I that's I I will stand by that. Yeah, I truly I, believe that. And she I'm is happy with astounding that. Astounding in this film. 
and uh, it makes me wonder: she was she under, underused in Twin Peaks? I know she was dead in the in the very first. Which <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> come back as a the cousin was it cousin? Yeah. yeah, she hasn't really done that much since, has she? No. I know she was in John Carpenter's Vampires. She turned up in that. Um, I know she has she's worked consistently, but how I, maybe it's gone because no no one got on board with the film. But that's Oscar worthy performance in that film. It's it just of a, a, a you know a girl falling apart. You know, she finds out in it that you know obviously Bob is the the bad guy in this. Who um, yeah, uh, you, you find Bob. out within the film that basically Bob's been raping Laura Palmer since she was about seven I think she says and for some very young anyway it becomes revealed that Bob turns out to be Leyland yeah, yeah which is her dad yes of course and oh that, that <laughs> blows it all apart doesn't it um, it does yeah and, and, and the and fact that he was actually possessed by Bob and Bob is actually the demon spirit yeah but yeah it's Bob's a, a spirit yeah. Because at, at the end of um, the Twin Peaks series two, Bob was possessed. Uh, Cooper, Agent Cooper. Yeah. That's how that's ended. So Firewalk with Me is pretty much. Now you you said to me before that Firewalk with Me was actually if it was successful, they were going to make other films. Yeah, they but that were gonna, didn't happen. No, because it wasn't successful. It wasn't successful. Um, but there is hope. Yeah, there was always some. 2006. 16, yeah. 2006? Yeah, it was already been done. It's great. Well, they're only releasing it in 2016. Oh, yeah, yeah, just, just in case. E flat. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're going to have. Um, interesting times ahead. Interesting yeah. times, yeah. We're, we're going to get back to Twin Peaks in How 2016. Was it four? Is that all? Maybe six. Is that all? Yeah, I don't think they're doing a great deal. They're doing a mini series. Yeah, so. a mini series. Maybe that's okay. Maybe maybe we shouldn't be too greedy. No. Yeah, but Cheryl Lee signed on. Good. Kyle McLaughlin signed on. Well, it wouldn't be Twin Peaks without those two. Well, going back to the film, he really didn't want to do the film really? because he was so scared of being typecast as, as Cooper. Cooper, yeah, and that um, he had a much larger role in the actual film. But um, as it turns out, you know, they, they convinced him to come back, but just have a, a lot smaller role. I don't think he had anything to worry about. I mean, he's uh, yeah, yeah, he's not gone without work, has he? <laughs> he's I done quite well. I mean, he he was in Sex and the City for quite a while as well. I mean, yeah, that's another uh, another show that 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 I remember him being in. And I, I, I vaguely actually remember seeing him in Showgirls. Oh, was he in that? Yeah, he was. Showgirls. That back in 1995, wasn't it? That was after Firewalk With Me. Yeah, yeah. If he was worried about killing his career with Firewalk With Me, what the hell was he thinking with Showgirls? Paul Verhoeven, Paul Verhoeven, yeah. yeah I mean, you think, well, I've got him. Go I'm, in, I'm in safe hands here. Yeah, I mean, that's slightly different than David Lynch. No. Yeah. Not that much. Well, there's, there's both renegade directors who try to actually reach in for some sort of artistic, artistic. Yeah. Uh, I suppose there's boobs in Firewalk with me as well. There are, but there weren't any in the TV series because they couldn't get past the censors. Yeah. In America, they would have. Do you think they had a meeting while they're doing a series? Lynch drinking some coffee and 
Can I think we should have, have some boobs. <laughs> can I order some boobs to go? <laughs> Not attached to a person, just a pair of boobs in the car. That would have been that probably would have been in style, but uh, unfortunately, back in those days, we 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 were very, uh, um, you know, I think television now would have been fine with it, and they yeah. probably you probably will be able to go. I think you'll be able to go darker in the new series. Well, yeah, when well, you look at the, some of the series that are out now, it does no what limit how about? dark you can go. I'm surprised he hasn't done that earlier. I mean, I'm surprised that he hasn't gone with his gut and thought, well, you know, there, there are other TV series. That, I he's only he, ever done yeah. Twin Peaks on TV. He has, but I think Lynch has spoken that TV now is, the, is a, a good medium for artists. Yeah. More so than film, I think. Than it was before. Yeah. And I guess it's taken a while for that to mature. Yeah. But now yeah. you've got, like, you got American Horror Story, which is very graphic and full of boobs. You know, you've got uh, Games of Thrones. Games of Thrones, very dramatic, full of boobs. Yeah, Orange yeah. is the New Black, full of lesbian <laughs> uh, boobs. Yeah, well, that, you see, in prison, and that, that's the unusual thing is that now, I mean, when we were kids, I mean, we we're like ten year ten years old, we had no access to any of this kind of stuff. It, it was all very um, watered down stuff. Yeah, Twin Peaks wasn't that watered down. I mean, there was a lot of stuff in there that that was off limits I should say you know, that, that, I mean, yeah in, of course in, no one had ever seen anything like Twin Peaks I'm not too sure how big Twin Peaks was in the UK my parents certainly didn't watch it because I don't think it would have been their thing but no, really neither of my parents because I, I got to Twin Peaks very very late it was just a friend of mine got, yeah. got the box set when it had been re-released and we just watched the first episode got hooked that was it watched the full series and then got hooked in everything David Lynch did. I yeah. just wanted that's we we again we've discussed this. But this is one of the first times where instead of being a fan of an actor or just a film, I become a, a fan of a director. Yeah. Because his work is so unique and. Yeah, and, and you know that everything that you're going to see is 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 untried territory. Mm. You know he's not he's not going to just settle for the the mundane or the normal. And so many things that 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 he's done have been mimicked and influenced it's not the other way around he does not mimic he does not uh, take influences I don't think I, anything that he does is parodied or influenced from anything else I think everything no. is such a unique take yeah. on, on it uh, to, again to go to the how much Twin Peaks has influenced popular culture yes. I was watching I sent you this video didn't I I was watching Scooby Doo a very new incarnation of Scooby Doo with my daughter right yes and um it, they, go, they go into like a dream sequence they walk through and that's in, they're in the, the red room yeah uh, and this is a child child's this yeah. is for children right yeah this is for children it's not like the Simpsons where they're very obviously parodying that. yeah yeah no, this, this is just, just them oh it's fantastic that yeah, yeah. brilliant fantastic. I, I love it because kids won't get it and their parents will just suddenly sit up and go well, wait a second I know that room yeah so we've all been there before because the, the film is so open to being interpreted in so many ways that red room where would you say that is or what is it to me it's it's in the head it's definitely uh, you think it's in the head it's in the hippocampus <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's that place where we all go when we're um... because they do start to go more along the, the spiritual more like occult vibe yeah. So I, I, I don't know, I think this place is um, 
where Bob sort of dwells, if you will. Oh, so it's like um, it's another place. It's just another place. It doesn't. Yeah. It's dimensionally really. Yeah. It's it's not It's not something that. It's not like it's in the back of a warehouse just down the road outside of Twin Peaks. It's mm. actually a place where he goes tangibly. That's not in the head. It's not. It's actually just another place. Yeah, because um, it's not. Yeah, because at at the end, after um, and I want to talk about just previous to this in a bit, but um, at the end of it, where um, Leyland goes to this other place, mm-hmm. and they got Bob Nixon, and um, I can't exactly remember the exact words, but the um, the guy from another place, the man from another place, says like, "You need to take his pain and memory or grief away from him now." Do you remember that? And he puts his st- he's, Bob puts his hand on Leyland's stomach, who's literally floating at this point and then just puts his hand to the floor and all this blood flies out because obviously when you start to win peaks Leyland is, doesn't even know his daughter's dead that makes sense mm. yeah but I, I, it's an unravelling that he experiences throughout the whole series and that's why his behaviour is so erratic yeah just close that yeah, that's yeah. buzzing like a son of a gun is it we're actually in the um, in the uh, interim studio at the moment so we're uh we're in a very active room. Yeah. Which is fine. Steve, Stephen's laptop decided to come off standby and his fan went crazy. Yeah, so we can deal with that, can't we? We don't mind the little interruptions. It's not as if the garbage guys are coming by. Oh, hang on. Can you hear that? Oh. Oh, man, guys. It's not even Tuesday. I'm going to... If you hadn't have mentioned it, well, the garbage guys have turned up. No, no. <laughs> because that's what we do here. <laughs> we 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 do this to ourselves. Um, yeah. Am I paraphrasing the Matrix there? What's really going to do you noodle in is would you have knocked it over if I hadn't mentioned it? <laughs> oh boy. Oh god. Um, dear me. Yeah, I know. So, what else can we pull out of this film? I mean, it's a it is a great film. I enjoyed it, and I, I think I need. It's the kind of film you need to watch more than once, I think, because yeah. Well, I watched it again um, last week, and so yeah, it's so many layers. One of the reasons I like it so much is um, okay. when I first watched it, it's the effect it had on me. Now, we, we I think we need to discuss about the soundtrack and the way sound is used in this, and um, yes, when it gets to the point where they're in the train carriage at the end. And um, all hell's breaking loose. Isn't there an angel? That's what I'm getting to. Yeah. So um, the sound's going all mad, and Leyland holds the, the ripped out pages of Laura's uh, diary. diary. And I thought, mm-hmm. I, I thought you always knew it was me. And she's crying her eyes, and it's got that that's that great camera shot just up at her face, and she's crying. She's looking around, and then the other girl's knocked out, and then oh, she's not knocked out. No, she's just sort of like she's sort of coming to. And it's really loud. Then all of a sudden, she looks up, and it goes deadly quiet. And there's that, that angel just floating there over um, the other the other girl. Mm-hmm. That had such an effect on me because it was so loud and violent and disturbing. Suddenly. And then it's just quiet. And you got like the angel of mercy, and it's it's just over. And I was like, Poof. and Laura's looking over, and I sort of know that she's going to make it out. 
and she, but she's not going to you know Laura's not going to make it and it's just oh I don't know it had such an effect on me that change between being so loud to just silence and just yeah. that angel floating over oh amazing absolutely wow. amazing I, just, yeah. I get chills just thinking about it I don't know mm-hmm. that just that one scene had really effect on me there's so much going on and there's different dimensions um, David Bowie's in it that was David, weird that was weird but I'm it not... works though because of what because mm. this sort of meandering stuff that he's saying it seems it doesn't make any sense he's coming from the other place he's sort of like I'm pretty sure that other place is definitely another dimension somewhere yeah because yeah. where he's talking he's talking like he's still there and he's just appeared and disappears yeah yeah you know what I mean and it's temporal like, sort of uh yeah, yeah. That, that, that's definitely not in the head that's, that's something that's physical yeah mm. I see what you mean that's separate to the room I think though I think the room is that dark it's the lodge place. isn't it the lodge the yeah. lodges yeah I think because that's where Cooper ends up at the end of series 2 is in the lodge and I think that lodge is the other place oh yeah. god because there's so much I, yeah I there, there is so much it. yeah and I think I think so and then um, the the, the the show I absolutely love the the moment where he gets shot. Cooper gets shot in the lodge halfway through at the end of season one, I think. Yeah, because the <laughs> it's an amazing scene because he's lying there and yeah. he's trying to talk to Diane. Uh, he's, he's I think he get, has his recorder on him. Yeah, and, he, and but then the, um, uh, the I, I want to call him a maitre d. Yeah, because that's the beginning of series two. Yeah, and he he it? walks in. And he sees him on the floor. He says, and he just he just doesn't get that he's been shot. That he actually needs medical attention. He's like this, he wasn't about. And then he comes back in, and it's like you know, I, I love that. I love that every everything has just got a, a twist on it that you just don't expect. Yeah. And, I, and that's why you need to watch it more than once. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the films are they, they should be studied. Yeah, they should be, and yeah. and I think that that maybe. Um, Raising awareness of them helps um, get people involved and in, into watching it again. And because then there seems to be a bit of a, an audience missing out on it. I mean, if you're not aware of Twin Peaks, I mean, I wouldn't have been aware of Twin Peaks again if you hadn't have actually reintroduced it to me. Right. I knew it existed, but I never really cared to get into it right. until you kind of woke me up again, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I'm done." Um, and everything about David Lynch has, has suddenly been, kind of been reinserted into my brain even though I'd already gone through Lost Highway I've already tried um, uh, Blue Velvet and I, I went through Dune um, not to say that Dune is actually it's not really a reflection on yeah. him as an artist do you know that Kermode was punched in the face after giving a bad review to Blue Velvet really? in the corner house in Manchester he didn't get it first time he watched it and um he, I'm pretty sure he said he was in the corner house in Manchester some guy came up and goes are you Mark Kermode who reviewed Blue Velvet he's like yeah yeah and he punched him in the face wow that's that's fans of David Lynch that's how passionate they feel about his, his work well you know but yeah but it's subsequently just to that <laughs> Jesus Christ yeah yeah you don't do that but you don't yeah. but, he, but now you know Mark Kermode has gone back and watched it gets it now and you know sees it for the masterpiece it is yeah Shows you because you know what all the critics at the time hated Firewalk with me, but now it's a cult classic and it very rarely gets bad reviews if anyone goes back and has a retrospective on it. I tend to think that David Lynch, um, he doesn't go out of his way to, um, to bring people in. 
to watch his stuff. Mm. He goes out the way of, of getting his stuff out the way he needs it to look. He doesn't, I mean, Blue Velvet to me doesn't look like, I mean, the, the sound of the title doesn't sound appealing to me. Mm. The front cover of, of it, Blue Velvet, you know, the title, the sound, you know, the, you automatically start thinking about the song and it kind of feels a little bit like um, something that you don't necessarily want to watch. It's like a, it's like a plain dust jacket that hasn't got mm. any anything appealing to mass market. David Lynch doesn't want that mass market appeal on his products. He wants it to look like exactly how it needs to look, and that's it. Because to me, I mean, I never thought about watching Blue Velvet. Mm. It was only until I actually saw the scene with the ear yeah. on the ground, Carl McCockham picks it up, picks it up, that, and I knew it was because it was actually in a film book, and I had to watch it then because it was referential. I think. It- a it's lot not something I won't go to. I won't go to it to watch it. Yeah, I think a lot of Lynch's work, it it it, it has that because like, mm. like Lost Highway, for instance. I wouldn't watch it over other films. It's a masterpiece, and I love that film. But I know once I've watched that film, my day's done. Twin Peaks, Fire Walk Me, wipe me out for a day, mm. because it, and Blue Velvet does. It's not a film you can just watch for a bit of a bit of a laugh. You know what I mean? It's work requires so much of yourself to be invested in it that it, for me anyway personally yeah. I'm out for the day and that's the power of his work that is it and if you don't get that if you're not it's not about face value He, what I'm, I think what I'm trying to say is that he doesn't get you excited about glamour and front covers and, and things like that he's all about content he's all yes. about the subject and the content it doesn't matter um, whether whether it's got posters up for it or anything, he just wants you to see the film. Mm. He doesn't want you to see advertising. He wants you to see the film. I think a lot of the time it, it's it's about exposing what's behind that glamour. Yeah, I think that's a lot that's of it. Lynch's purpose. Yeah, and, it, and it's stripping it back and just. You know, Mulholland Drive oh. was about that, wasn't it? Mulholland, yeah, yeah, that was uh, that's quite an intense one. That one. Yeah, that's another film which. If that Twin Peaks Fire Walk Me and Mulholland Drive the first time I watched both of those films I don't think I spoke for about two hours afterwards I watched Mulholland Drive in the corner house funnily enough in Manchester uh, with my friend and we just went our separate ways and I just went back to my apartment and just sat there in the dark like just Whoa. thinking about it yeah, that, yeah. I, I don't, I'm trying to think of the films that have done that to me and, and funnily enough one of the films that actually got me Hook, line, and sinker was um, Arlington Road. Oh yeah, with Tim, Tim Robbins. Robbins, Joan Cusack, and um, like was it Jeff Bridges? I think it was Jeff Bridges. Yeah, I think Jeff Bridges. It's that movie has it's got Lynch's paw prints all over it. It's not mm. a Lynch film. In fact, I'm going to have to now open it up to find out who. Uh, so let's. Whoa! The vacuum cleaner has just switched on. <laughs> Yeah. It's not a vacuum cleaner, it's an actual vacuum. We're, we're recording this inside of a vacuum. Inside, yeah, we're actually inside a vacuum chamber. And uh, we're waiting for. Uh, Between space and time, we're in the other place. We're in the. Oh, okay. We're in the other place. Arlington Road. Directed by a Mark, Mark Ellington. He did the Mothman Prophecies. I didn't mind that, that was okay. Yeah, there we go. Henry Paul is here. Really? It's got Cheryl Hines in it, so it's more like a comedy, I think. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's—I I kind of imagined that he would be 
the next best thing to David Lynch when I looked at Arlington Road it really knocked me out but recently he's directed a Lincoln Park video really? yep oh Rear Window the t- uh, red, sorry Red Widow sorry that's like <laughs> no way Joan Cusack is not a terrifying person but this director really has made it, made that work made that happen I mean, are there any other films like that? films that have just knocked me out knocked me for six Pan's Labyrinth that did, uh, had the that, same effect on me that affected me too yeah. not by what but by the way that you think it was actually the, um, the pounding somebody's face in with a, with a oh, flashlight the, yeah that stayed with me more than everything because that because the, the camera does not shy away it no. just you see every punch and it's that's hard going that was really that really uh, I mean I, I've I, violence I can handle but when it's so perfectly brutal and real yeah. and painful and frightening it's the same with uh, in Casino when they're beating uh, beating all the guys at the end with, with steel poles yeah baseball bats and the head in the vice part which eye pops out the eye pops out <laughs> that, I mean that kind of violence that those violent images stay with me yeah. those little moments of like oh my god I can't believe they just did that mm. um, but with Pan's Labyrinth that moment was oh yeah no it is that's hard going that hard yeah but I, I, this is the beauty of Pan's Labyrinth. I, I honestly think you could watch the watch Pan's Labyrinth. You could pause it, keep your eyes closed, silence, and then pause at any point in that film, and you could just take that off the screen and hang it on your wall. That's quite. That's quite true. That film is stunningly beautiful. Even when they're eating a sandwich, it's just um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she does eat a sandwich. She takes a sandwich to a moment. Yeah, yeah. I think it was something. Yeah, something to do with food. But it's just so full but of great ideas. I'd hang that on my wall. Good old sandwich. Yeah, he knows what he's doing with a sandwich. Go, the old Del Toro does. Yeah, but uh, then there's the fountain, another subversive film. Yeah, that stayed in my head for a while. Did it? That that, that lingered. Do you think, like, it had such a profound effect on me because I was invested in the characters, mm-hmm. and because I loved the TV show so much? Do you think if someone just went to the film without really knowing anything about the TV show, do you think it could have the same effect on that person? So if they just watch the film without the TV, just the film. Yeah, someone's told them it's a great film. Watch it. Uh, quite possibly. So, yeah. So if the if they let the film affect them, get into them, let it breathe. Yeah. yeah and um, in a way, it could be more surprising because you don't know what's going to go on. You know what's going to happen. I think if you've got that predetermined idea of yeah. character destination and of and the actual overall story that's ahead yeah. you put all it is about is putting pieces together now that could have been really bad because it, like any prequel as you well know um, having the knowledge previous that Darth Vader is going to be this kid yeah eventually and all that with, with, with Firewalk with me you don't think that much ahead you think in the moment a lot of it you, you don't, don't yeah you don't really go ahead and think oh well I think the only thing I looked at was oh that their hair is is short just like it was at the beginning of Twin Peaks oh well that makes sense because yeah. it's longer later uh, they changed their appearance oh she's got two eyes she doesn't have a patch on yeah. isn't she in it patch lady yeah she is a... not oh hang on no 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 I don't think she is in it she's not in it no. scratch that okay uh... <laughs> how, how, how about yeah. the um, the sound design Obviously, the score was done by 
Angelo Badlimento. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't quite get his last name. Yeah. <laughs> Say that again. Angelo Badlimenti. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. I, um, I love the little the jazz score to it. little swinging jazz. They, he does that a lot. And I've noticed that... It's all through the, the actual series as well. None of the actual themes were actually... Yeah, no, uh, the um, the very conscious decision. Yeah, the woman who sang the original theme for Twin Peaks is in it, but she sings a different. It's a different song, but I think it's better. It's even better than the Twin Peaks theme. And has that great yeah. moment where Laura's watching her sing this haunting song, she's burst into tears. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, she's I remember so that. that film, but I love that yeah. scene when they're in the club, and the music's louder than what they're saying you can't make out what they're saying there's two versions of it there's one that it's you've got the subtitles so you know exactly what they're saying and there's one without, the, without. and I prefer the one without I like the fact you don't it's like you're there with them and because the music's this driving blues yeah sort of rock yeah. blues track that it that affects you as well it, uh, you're right you're right and I, th- I think that was very very it's, it, I think he covered his bases I think that's probably what, what David Lynch tends to do he, he tries something one way tries it another way yeah. keeps both figures it out in yeah, editing yeah. Um, he probably has a lot more material to edit than, uh, than the usual director. well yeah because they've recently released um, Twin Peaks the definitive whatever it's called but yeah. I think there's over two hours of stuff that was quite out of Firewall with me, which I have yet to see. I'm sure I'm going to be seeing very shortly. Well, that that will be quite a, an experience for you. I yeah. hope it doesn't spoil the experience completely. Nah, I don't think it will. Yeah, how could it? I mean, if <laughs> I still have that film, it's one of my favourite films. Exactly. But again, if uh, there are better films, but the reason it's one of my favourite films is purely because of the that personal that effect it had on me first time. Because the first time I watched the film, it was on a grainy VHS tape. Yeah, yeah. And just that one scene, just the that the angel scene was just it's so profound and one of my favorite films is the player and it's purely because it, and it's not a film that everybody likes um but it's a film that i go to yeah. i can watch quite a few times over and it's 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 got corny moments but it's designed that way it's specific for that intention intent and but the, the whole storyline of a producer murdering a writer I just found it exciting yeah and it's not everybody's favourite everybody loves unfortunately yeah. but that, that's not that's not number one on my list and it no, never will be no. and it's the, it's the films that that um that kind of the st- they get missed mm. that that fascinate me the films that kind of fall between the cracks is that why you still not watch Guardians of the Galaxy um, that's not falling between the cracks. <laughs> that's that's a gap filler, man. <laughs> that's, that's, it's in my way because I can't see the good films that are hanging with the cracks. I do, I do, I do want to watch it now. Good. I do want to watch it. I have seen, um, I have seen the trailer. Right. I did watch the trailer. I'm interested. There's a lot of Star Trek elements in there. It's just it's a it's a space opera. It's fantastic. It's so good. Is it like? It's one of my favorite films. Is it like? Is it like <laughs> Galaxy Quest? No, nothing like that. It's not a parody at all. Not a parody. No, it's um, it's done with conviction. Um, Tongue cheek conviction. It's you have to watch it. It's um, I, yeah. Lots of people said it's weird. I don't think it's weird at all. No, but, but it's, weird, uh, weird is a, is one of those things that that separates you liking. Uh, Firewalk with me, and and they like Transformers. I mean, come on. Yeah. When people say weird these days, it's be- it's it's simply because it's not mass market. Yeah. 
Mass, mass market. But yeah, mass market. Because everyone thought the Guardians was a big gamble for Marvel because no one had heard who they were. And you've got a talking raccoon and a tree that says three words in it. Yeah. And then all the tree can say is, I am Groot. That's it. Well, there's actually four words and we're going to spoil that for you. And, um, <laughs> but you end up caring about them. You get choked up. Really? Like, there's one part in it. I got a lump in my throat. <laughs> I'm not afraid to admit that. Oh dear. That. Oh dear. I don't think I can handle that. It's, it's, it's great. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm always drawn to films that are, um, that, that not everybody talks about. Mm. And I think it's because they're out there and they've got a message and, and they're getting missed. And, it, and if, if people pan them, it's even more interesting for me to watch them. I want to go and watch that. Yeah. Because then I'm, it's like The Room is probably the, one of the most critically panned films of all times but it has elevated itself to a status where people want to see it more than once because it's then they want other people to see it as well because it is so ridiculously it's one of those films that you you can't understand that it was made you, you cannot believe that somebody actually invested their time in making it but then you have to then you start thinking about was it done intentionally is this is the joke on us? I mean, have we really? Uh, and, and some films are like that. That's why I do go to the ones that are um, that people kind of say I don't like it. I didn't get yeah. it. Like like the, yeah. the filmmakers that made Birdemic. Yes. Yeah. Are, are they sitting at home with a huge bank account, laughing their asses off because people sit through their film and they've made it intentionally awful, and they're just laughing at the fact that people are watching this and it's awful, it's terrible, and they're still watching it. Yeah, I think there's Birdemic too. There, I, I think there is, yeah. <laughs> and I think that their, their skills and, and technical knowledge of film is probably high above what was actually created. Yeah, they did it intentionally because there is there is a lot more competence in there than than that of a of um, those many of those films that you see on Best of the Worst with Red Letter Media yeah. when they're doing. Um, it is there is a competency to it, but at the same time. It's delivered in a in a very incompetent way. I mean, you can't fake inco incompetence. You can't fake it. No, um, it makes me think of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Yes, it does. Um, you know, it's like it, you watch it; it's terrible, but it's it's done so brilliantly because it is trying. To, it's it, the, the, there's a the difference between trying to make it look awful than actually succeeding. Yeah, I think so many people I, I, try. Yeah, I'd say Garth, Dark Place is one of the things that's done it the best remember the very first episode of it when she's walking down the hall and they just see two hands chuck a cat in <laughs> I was hooked I thought it? yes I'm going to like this, this is it. That's, but you can't fake that you can't just um, you, yeah you can't accidentally do that you've got to do it with intent and I think yeah. that's why those films are far more interesting than any film that, that Bruce Willis could ever be in Yeah, including The Sixth Sense yeah, did you guess in Sixth Sense? About halfway through, I thought he's dead. It's, yeah, it's, if if you're watching the film and you're conscious of it, and you're questioning it, yeah. But I don't think I was actually in into questioning it. You just, I just you watched that, it. Yeah, you just weren't watched interested, it. really. Just watched it, and it was okay. It was good. It's a good film, and uh, I think I think I was watching it for the kid more than anything because he of his performance, and I mm. kind of just ignored Bruce Willis most of the time. It wasn't that uh, interesting a character. Yeah, I think because more people was, should ignore Bruce Willis. I think he was just a little bit dead. 
I should have realised that. You know, maybe that, that assumption. But no, no, no. I mean, Bruce Bruce Willis is fine. I I just can't, I, I've talked about this before. I don't know if I've touched about it on this podcast, but actors to to me kind of have uh, worked better with the fear. Yeah. The fear directors is, do as well. and directors too. They direct better when they don't have any money, mm. when they don't have anything. Um, the exception to that would be Francis Ford Coppola's Tetra, which he he did later on in his in his years. He wanted to do it as a personal project, and he but he had the money. He, he, he's he's not afraid to say that he actually stripped his budget down for a purpose because he wanted to have that fear again. Yeah, and thank goodness he did because that is a, a, a sensational film. Uh, very, very unknown film as well, but so many actors come come to film now, and they have this swagger, this this arrogance, and they don't know what to do with it anymore. They know that they're going to get paid. They know that they're going to be liked. They know they're going to be signed up to sequels. They don't care. There's no fear. Fear in a performance is a big deal for me, and I like. To yeah, see it. Go, psychologically, Freeman. what must it do to a person? That you know that eighty percent of the people come and watch this film and come to watch it just because you were in it. Psychologically, do what you feel? Do, you? do you feel as though you want to put your best performance on? I mean, surely, yeah. There are there are moments where you kind of get into it, but you they don't have to get into it. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I mean, Brad Pitt in World War Z or X or T Z. Z. Um, he, he didn't. British. He didn't need to. Oh yeah, yeah. He didn't need to. Uh, he didn't need to act his socks off in that film. He didn't have to do a lot. He didn't have to. He didn't come across as doing anything uh, uh, unbelievable or different. No. But in Seven, there's a little fear there. There's yeah, still some fear really there. Right. And the same with Jodie Foster. I mean, you know, when she did The Brave One. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that. No, I've not seen it. It's it's basically her falling in love with the role of the taxi driver again, and do it. And but she is that she is the Robert De Niro of that movie. She's the one who's going on her crusade. Wow, so that, and that that was that was a fascinating project for her to go on, even though she didn't have to have the fear, but she did. She found it again in that film, and she really found her. Um, but but Jodie Foster's always always been a, an actress who is more into her roles than say um, uh, let's 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 think let's think of some overblown people Ma- who Meg Ryan yeah, well, yeah Meg Ryan fear what's she afraid of um, apart from Michael Parkinson and plastic surgery um, <laughs> I mean to, to a certain extent Amy Adams still still delivers. Role, yeah, I think, yeah, Adams does, yeah. But I, I think that's one of that's one of the tests that I like to look at. I like to look at actors and actresses, uh, and directors, of course, and maybe writers. You know, are they writing with fear? I mean, I mean, David Lynch uh, seems to never get rid of that fear when he's. I mean, I, um, I, I don't think he's the kind of person who even cares about being comfortable in filmmaking he wants to yeah he's not, he wouldn't make a film edgy. hoping for good reviews he just make he has a vision in his head and he has a, a the unique ability yeah. to put whatever's in his head on the screen people don't get on with it he's not he doesn't he's not bothered us not what he's it, about exactly and then with with um main he's actors. the opposite though isn't he yeah he, is he doesn't opposite. have any fear he doesn't care maybe there isn't maybe that's beyond fear yeah 
but yeah, it, it, you can go two ways. You can either be arrogant and just say, "Well, I'm I'm Brad Pitt. I can do whatever." Yeah. Or I'm you know who I'm Zac Efron. I don't even have to try. Yeah. Um, I just have to be there, or you know. But I, I'm I'm tailgating a lot of, uh, of of Hollywood celebrities here that that I kind of just think that they need to do something with themselves. Mm. To, I mean, I, I'm starting to notice now that Jonah Hill. Is starting to kind of just sit back and just let 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 things just go with the scene and not really be. Well, he got an Oscar nod, didn't he? Yeah, he got nominated for Oscar for The Wolf of Wall Street, was it? I think, I it think was. so. Which so now does that make you just well? I've worked with Scorsese now. I've made it. That's it. That, I see that a lot when I'm watching films, and the the, the main actress in Fire Walk with Me, Cheryl I've forgotten Lee. her name, Cheryl Lee. Um, she she had fear in that film. She had fear in that film. Wow. And um, well, so what I'm, I'm not saying that she is very good at being afraid on camera. I'm saying that she's acting as if she's never going to get an acting job again. Mm. That there is the fear is the fear is not of not working. So and and I think that that's something that I I look at and I see. Yeah, could could go from that that model Naomi Watts. Have a, a the way yeah. she is in Mulholland Drive to the way she acts now. Yeah, it's different. Very different. Yeah, yeah. She would never pick to do Mulholland Drive now. No, because it's too much work and too much fear. Yeah, too much. Yeah, and uh, uh, that, that's it. That's pretty much the bottom line of that test. You yeah, know, and I think that we'll be looking for that. We're looking. We're look, looking for the fear. We're looking for the fear. What else? I mean, during the Alien, um, um, we're looking at the Bechtel Bechtel test. I can still never get that word. Yeah, I think it's Bechtel. Bechtel test. That's the other thing that we look for. Yeah, the firewall when we did not pass it. It didn't pass. That's, no. Okay, so. But um, I will let it pass. Well, that's about that <laughs> is about up. relationships. Yeah, of course. So you can't have you can't have Twin Peaks without two girls talking about a guy. Yeah, and you know, and she's and vice versa. Right? Exactly, okay. and she's you know obviously because Cheryl Lee, you know, Laura Palmer is. Uh, she's she's been abused all her life, so she's on drugs and she's sleeping around with men and she's selling her body for money as well you know yeah. so it, it's yeah she's going to be talking about men at some point in the film the ear free the scare is delivered on the ear free does that yes, happen it does when she's seeing um, I think it's a psychiatrist that she goes talking there's another person who's madly in love with her and um, she's all upset and don't touch me and then her face changes she has like yellow teeth and black yes, lips that's right yeah, yeah that's I've on the ear three I've seen that. Yeah, that that. And is, you don't expect that. And you're like, whoa, wait, get on now. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, and I think that that's something that you don't expect from Lynch to. Again, it's an unexpected. Yeah, because you don't think a jump scare is not something you'd expect. No, a that, director a, of Lynch's cal- caliber to do, but he does it in Mulholland Drive as well. But that was that was the um, the Bil- Bilbo Baggins um, in yeah. Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> yeah. Having the ring, it was that. That was that's Lynch's that was, influence. Peter yeah. Jackson stole off that yeah it gotta be because that's exactly <laughs> how it goes it's the same thing you don't it's expect it yeah the E of the free uh, so that, that's in there yeah that's frame by frame that's our thing yeah you can't have it yeah and oh, also <laughs> 20 yeah. people will listen to this <laughs> and, and acting with fear the fear yes uh, and, and I think that those are the things that we're always going to bring up in every single review that we do um, so are we giving two thumbs up just like Cisco and Yvette Yes. Can you see our thumbs, people? You see, now I, I think that's an outdated term because you, you know, two thumbs up sounds like we're 
Right. Yeah, because it's, it's radio as well. It doesn't quite work. No, it doesn't. But I think it works because it doesn't work. That's all. Well, okay, well, that, there you go. Because it doesn't work. It we works. will use it, yeah. We will use it. But I urge anyone to please watch that film. Yes. Um, let it let it get inside you. That's weird. <laughs> That's like, yeah, two thumbs up. <laughs> Take the two thumbs up. Does it go inside you? Yeah, it doesn't matter where you put the thumbs. It's just, yeah, <laughs> crazy talk. Um, but yeah, fire walk with me. It, it it is worth the experience. It's worth the ride, and try Twin Peaks. Absolutely, well. yeah. Really Give get involved go. with it, and um, and all. We'll discuss it in great depth. In great depth, but all Lynch's work—it's worth getting into. Anything from the Elephant Man into like Eraserhead and Mulholland Drive. And I haven't seen Elephant Man. Do I need to leave now? Yes. There's the door. Goodbye. Should I close it behind me? Yes. Don't let it hit you. <laughs> One day, my log will have something to say about this. Liquid storage bags! You will never get caught short again thanks to... Liquid storage bags! Here you get eight, that's right, eight bags in which you can store your very own liquid items. Bags on sold separately, liquid not included. The attractive cardboard box is easy to open. With each wonderfully transparent, durable and easily accessible... Ready to go! That's right, when you've got to go, liquid storage bags are there for you! Liquid storage bags? That's right, liquid storage bags! They're sleek, sturdy, and stylish, and what's more, you can write all the information you need right there on the bag, where the space is provided. Warning, do not write on liquid storage bags. Liquid storage bags cannot be found in any store, by phone, or online. So you know that liquid storage bags are the product for you. And, and only you. What's it called? Liquid storage bags. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Liquid, liquid storage bags.